Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Uh, we're back. We're going to start. Yeah, now this is a, a little different twist. We're doing uh, something that uh, we've been looking at for a while and thought we should do something but it's, on this, but we it's have It's still not. addiction topic. I know, but it's kind of a crossover of COVID and addiction. So it's kind of cool. You should be careful with that microphone. There you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, so this is number 78. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the soaring pandemic <laughs> of alcohol sales uh, and and really what happened with alcohol during COVID, which I think most people um, have probably witnessed either in their family or around town or in themselves. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just super interesting. You know, if you look at a lot of journal articles, um, you know, just right off the bat, the Annals of Internal Medicine, just between April and June of 2020, the sale of alcoholic beverages went up 34%. Yeah, compared to 2019. And I think what's funny, and it's not really funny, but my dad was a smoker until he was 35. And he always said the, the his favorite thing was a cigarette and a beer. And right. if you look, what followed alcoholic beverages up was actually the sale of tobacco. Although it didn't go up as much, only 13%. Well, I wonder if people were already smoking. But anyway, um, you know, why? I mean, these are some of these things, you know, we're going to talk about today. It seemed kind of obvious. And some of it is just like makes people pause and think about it. And so things like stress, not that anybody was stressed out during COVID, boredom, because especially during lockdown, you couldn't actually go anywhere. And then loneliness, because again, you couldn't really go anywhere. So, no, you know, there you go. I think so many people got sent home from work and they were working in their basement with one light and a computer. And my God, it was horrible. When you say that, I think of like a, a light going, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, the ones that are like dangling. Yeah, just a one string front down from the ceiling. There was a, actually a, a doc, Dr. Brian P. Lee, P. Dot Lee, that sounded funny. Uh, is He's a hepatologist and liver transplant specialist with uh, Keck Medicine and and he actually and his colleagues noticed that there was a lot of alcohol-related liver disease, such as cirrhosis and hepatitis, that were way higher in their in their hospital. Yeah, 30% increase in admissions for those. And this is at a time when not many people were getting admitted for anything but COVID and traumas, basically. But 30% seems like a, a lot. Yeah, I mean, they actually went back and looked through all the hospital records and found this enormous jump. So, I mean, I think that that was really... Interesting. And I think really what they saw and their team found was that a lot of this was younger adults, some of the minorities, and and a lot of people with younger children that now were at home. Uh, Dr. Bell, how are, you, how are you doing? Maybe I should be asking you questions. Um, Especially large I remember, families. I can yeah. remember when you were homeschooling kids. It's like, what an insanity. Uh, my, my grandchildren were getting homeschooled. <laughs> So, and again, the funny thing is that also uh, families with higher incomes were at risk. So, 
Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they're used to going out and being more social because they can afford to do ransom fancy things and they couldn't? Or I, I think that, yeah, I, I, it's interesting because, you know, they, they kind of hypothesize with the families with the younger children, they were maybe buying more alcohol and tobacco because they were more stressed. But why are the higher income people? I, I, there's really no explanation for that. And it's also interesting that hard liquor increased more than beer and wine. Yeah, we're just going to the bottle, I guess, and and avoiding the cans. Um, but yeah, I think that was interesting. I wonder what that's done for like recycling businesses. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that we're going to go that direction <laughs> just, with this podcast. You, but you said bottle and then cans. I was like, oh, like, my you know, recycling. Goes it's so up. funny you say that because I recycled yesterday, and I was looking in the, you know, in those things of what kind of bottles were in there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no comment, but. Um, and yours are in the general. Yeah, no, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. But I think that the funny thing, uh, our old friend George Kube, PhD, and we've we've talked about Dr. Kube in lots of our different talks over the years, and he does a lot in addiction. But he um, feels that alcohol kind of temporarily dampens that anxiety and and other feelings, and and it he just wants to impress upon people that uh, really that's short lived. Yeah, that the rebound is greater. Yeah, the rebound's worse. And uh, so he's commenting on this in this little article that I found. I do like this, though, and I think this people who might be listening to this might be going, uh-oh, I've been drinking more. Does that mean I have more of an issue? Um, it's obviously always important to like pay attention to yourself and your family and look at all the alcohol guidelines, which you can go back to a podcast to look at that. But... He did say, although the increases in drinking habits doesn't mean to cope with temporary stress is not necessarily indicative of an alcohol use disorder, but it does put people at risk of developing these issues. So, yeah. And I think in one of the other articles that we looked at, they talked about how the average person just bumped up one beverage a day. Like if they normally have zero or one, they might have one or two. Um, and so, but it's, in, you know, think about it. if you go from one to two, that's a 50% increase. Right. So... Yeah, I, so. you know, one thing I want to say, and maybe it's coming up in a different one considering you didn't underline it, but, you know, it's it's all of things, you know, we're just talking about the coping from the mental health and the anxiety is, is a reason why people have been drinking more. With that is people didn't have access to some of the other mental health treatments and modalities that they would normally have. Yeah, access. Access. It's a problem. And I actually came across, and there's a lot written, um, some of the scholarly articles that I read, Dr. Bell. Sure. Um, but uh, That's I found why they a, always only have abstracts. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I came across an article from Drug and Alcohol Reviews uh, from 2020. I mean, all this stuff is just hot off the press. This is October 6th. And it's uh, and the title is Describing the Impact of COVID-19 Pandemic on Alcohol-Induced Blackout Tweets. Now, I thought this was particularly cool because... Did you think it was about birds when you first said <laughs> Initially, I did. And then I realized they're talking about Twitter. Um, but I thought this was great because you're, you know, you're our uh, Twitter person for our program. Uh, is that the way I'd say that? Yeah, our PR media. Yeah, you're the PR media I'm Twitter like person. The accountant, the, the everything accountant. Glitter. <laughs> it's easy to be the accountant when you don't make money. The glitter Twitter. Um, but anyway. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah. Anyway, anyway <laughs> this, I thought this was interesting because they're starting to, and I, I, I kind of feel like I'm talking about Bitcoin because they're starting to mine uh, Twitter as a way to kind of tell what's going on in the world or the community or the state or the country. There you go. I'm going to skip a lot of what this says only because like we just talked about that. So anyway, Twitter is 
Yeah, this microblogging pet platform, we all look at that. We all, we all know that. I mean, pe- most people know what Twitter is. But there's about a billion tweets that go through cyberspace a month, which, you know, when you said that earlier, I, I was thinking that was actually kind of a low number when you think of all the people. This is just the U.S. The world. Okay. So oh, hold just it. The, no, it just says, just says 1 billion a month. It doesn't specify mm. where. But I mean, a billion doesn't seem like a ton, but they, you if know. If you they, had a billion dollars, would that be a ton? Well, yes, but there's a lot of people who tweet. And if I tweet on average three times a week. I never tweet. I know. Okay, anyway, so they've used Twitter in the past to monitor the H1N1 pandemic. Um, info to, infodemiology. Yeah, this is like epidemiology except infodemiology. It's like social social uh, media and whatever. Anyway, so they mine for this public health information that um, basically to look at the syndromic surveillance. So monitoring what people are actually tweeting about. Mm. And what they found is that 2% of all tweets referenced alcohol consumption. I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest with you. But all of Twitter. Well, what's 2% of a billion? 20 million? It's a lot. It's a lot. So my math skills are I mean eroding. But if you think about it, people tweet about all sorts of things and people who are really active on Twitter, I mean, think of all the celebrities. Mm. They're tweeting what they're eating. So it's not, it's not necessarily, but you know, like 2% I, I think is a lot. But interestingly, the research suggests that um, you know, a lot of the social media users discuss alcohol-induced blackouts. And so they decided, hey, Let's try and track alcohol-induced blackouts during COVID. And then let's also go back prior to COVID and just see how common it was then. So what I find really interesting is, I guess I've never seen, I've seen a lot of tweets about alcohol only because we work in addiction. And, you know, we've actually, I have tweeted about alcohol with different podcasts and such. But I've never seen anything on Twitter about alcohol-induced blackouts. So I just, again, that's why this is very interesting to me. But... um. If you look at 90%, 94% of people in the U.S. were instructed to observe these stay-at-home orders during COVID at some point. So then they talk about, obviously, the increased levels of drinking. Um, and then this whole alcohol-related emergencies, people didn't have as much access to getting help from that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that really is interesting. And And one of the interesting things that they've done is they were kind of looking at, well, what are some other bad things that have happened in our country? Mass stretch. 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 Stress. I'm having trouble reading, Mass Dr. Bell. Stress. Similar to a pandemic. Yeah. So they looked at 9 11 and what that did to drinking. They looked at SARS outbreak in China. Um, they looked at a bunch of different things and kind of how did these all compare? You know, these stressful events for a community and a country. But this is really interesting. I'm going to go to this. 9-11 thing. It says it was linked to binge drinking rates five to six years later. Yeah. And SARS was linked to increased alcohol abuse and dependence three years later. So how do they know it's really linked to that? I mean, it doesn't say cause or causation. It's more of the correlation. Well, and if you think about it, as 9-11 gets closer, people especially that were really affected by that, I suspect that that was really, that was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's funny because I've read a lot about what happened with the SARS thing and the with the Chinese, especially patient people that were working in hospitals. And man, they had for three years a lot of reported alcohol abuse and dependence issues in that group as that went through. So 
I, I you know, clearly these big events that happen uh, affect, I think, not just alcohol, but a lot of substances, which, of course, is going to be our next echo or our next uh, yeah, our anyway, next podcast. But anyway, they obviously, you know, pointed out limitations. This is a legit study, you know, had to limit it to English tweets, public tweets. And then, um, you know, not everybody in the U.S. had a stay-at-home or shelter-in-place in the total. And everybody had different lengths. So average window, 23 days. But the overall findings indicate that public health officials should consider monitoring behaviors um, in things like yeah. epidemiology. I, I think one of the problems with it all being English tweets is we really get no, in in this particular one, we don't get any ethnicity issues that we can really talk about because it was all English and you know in our country is being so diverse right I think that that uh, I think it'd be really interesting if we also looked at uh, Spanish speaking or um, all different groups well and this kind of goes back to the, the episode we did in like a week and a half two weeks ago with the whole one pill kills thing and how they were yep. monitoring different social media things and um, yeah mm. and snapchat and all that but yeah all pretty, right pretty interesting Next focus looks like it's from December of 2020 um, in a psychiatry journal. So pretty fancy. And this looks, well, you know, can we predict the impact of the pandemic on alcohol use? Can we? Based on other crises in the 21st century. So we're kind of going back to that again. Yeah. It's interesting that this, uh, I'm trying to find a date on it. Was I just said December of 2020. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, and this already has like 10,000 views. I mean, a lot of people have read this or or done different things with it. But this was really interesting because, I mean, it basically talks about, you know, some of the health and economic challenges that came about because of COVID-19. It's um, And this whole study was really to give us an understanding of what to expect in terms of alcohol consumption and, and what are the risk factors for use and uh, consequences based on this pandemic hitting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big things looked at. So they obviously, like you just said, all of that, looking at the, the previous mass traumatic events, but the kind of things they've looked at in the past that they they pointed out would be things um, that would increase alcohol, would be anxiety, depression, PTSD, but also being male, young, single, with higher vulnerability to have to be, riskier drinking behavior. Yeah. I've, I'm not really talking about you because you're not young as or a, single. I looked at all of those things and I'm I'm none of them. Oh, well, hold on, I'm male, I'm male. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm male, uh, yeah. Mm. I looked at them like, what? That doesn't hit me, but it does, I'm a guy. So my only risk factor is being a guy. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, disasters, you know, they, they're kind of lumping all these things together, like we said with the last article, uh, that they're basically lumping pandemics with the other disasters and calling them mass traumas. I love that. Well, and... Even like that other article we just talked about, about even the number of ER visits related to alcohol abuse went up, including just withdrawal syndromes. And I know that this was a big deal right before the lockdown, at least in Minnesota, happened, is the amount of people going to the liquor stores was just phenomenal because the bars were closing. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily that people were like, I need to drink the bars and open, but also the fear of, and we talked about this, I think, at one point, of people being at home and going through alcohol withdrawal, alcohol-related seizures because they weren't having access to the bars. Well, a lot of people ordering online, I think it was online orders to um, liquor stores is up like 400%. Dang. I mean, it's like amazing. 
But I think that you have to understand this, putting this in perspective, if you have these extra people going to the ER, we've already got an overwhelmed system. You know, you look at to the south of us where they're getting hundreds of visits a day and suddenly you, you pile on more people with alcohol use issues. Especially when you go back to the one podcast we did during COVID that there were fewer ER visits for things like chest pain and stroke-like symptoms. So those yeah. went down and then and they COVID have their heart attacks at home. Substance use yeah. went up. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so anyway, kind yeah. of off that soapbox. Well, but yeah, even but it's suicide our, things. Well, yeah, the suicide attempts as well uh, that are often related to severe alcohol use disorder. So all of these things uh, really played into it. Um, and this study as well kind of looked at the World Trade Center thing, the Great Recession in 2008, which the other study didn't really talk about, and kind of compared all of these things to what occurred now with COVID. So I find this very interesting. They talk specifically about terrorism in here and the effects on mental health and alcohol abuse. And they say that 7.3% of the population that was exposed to the event um, present with alcohol misuse. After a terrorist, after a terrorist attack. attack. Yeah. So, so all of these events are really uh, pretty rough. And I think that we shouldn't expect that COVID is going to be any different. And, and it's clearly thus far... And when we talk on our next uh, podcast about opioids, uh, I think we're going to see that this has been pretty damaging. Right. I like uh, this article really talks about the economic adversity as well in the crisis, like you just kind of talked about. Um, You know, there's a lot of things, lost jobs, just changes in the economy as we've all seen and, you know, experienced and alcohol's consumption to to cope with that. and this was obviously seen back with the Great Recession in 2008 as well. Yeah, that whole kind of perception of economic loss and and economic adversity, all these things, you know, can be related to uh, issues in people's lives that lead to more alcohol use. So, yeah, so not, not just uh, mental health things, but economics can play into that. Now, this is interesting. If we're looking at SARS... <laughs> So let's look at SARS. The s- SARS, if we're, you know, and I'm going to kind of skip some of what we already talked about, but if you look at the SARS studies, three out of the four of the studies examined healthcare workers specifically and their responses to that epidemic and the increase in alcohol related problems um, significantly associated with hyperarousal scores, especially yeah. in the healthcare workers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting as well. I'm out of words. Don't COVID. even know what to say. COVID. COVID. Talk about COVID. Oh, I thought you wanted to talk more about SARS. But I COVID don't. is much, Mm-mm. yeah. COVID is obviously more our issue. Um, I, mean, I the, like this. Let's talk about different countries. Oh, it's it's amazing the difference between the company, the company, <laughs> countries, <laughs> Canada. And, you know, we make fun of our Canadians to the north. Uh, but, I mean, they normally are already at stay-at-home orders 90% of the year because <laughs> yeah. it's so dang cold. Yeah, it's like it's 40 below stay-home. Uh, but in Canada, twenty <laughs> percent uh, of the participants who stayed at home increased alcohol consumption. So there was twenty percent of people surveyed said, "Hey, yeah, I'm drinking more because I'm stuck at home." Okay, now everything I just said about being cold. If we're in Brazil, oh, the yeah. Brazilian. So eighteen percent of the sample drank more during the pandemic, and highest in the thirty to thirty-nine year old yeah. age group. That's interesting because. One of the things, and, and the, the it's numbers... It's not interesting because that's my age group, which means we all have all the kids and they're little at home. Oh, there's stress. It's funny because I came across some other stuff about Poland, and they talked about an increase in alcohol use was seen in 14.6% of the study sample uh, during the quarantine. 
I saw some stuff and I thought I thought it said there was an increase of about 50% of total alcohol sales in Poland, but I could be wrong. Uh, Maybe they sold it and didn't drink it? Actually, I think it was Belgium. <laughs> Belgium. Belgium also has a 30% increase in alcohol consumption. Oh, I love this. More children at home. <laughs> yeah. Unemployment. How many kids age. do you have? Because I'm thinking we should send you send some, me to, some help. Don't send me to Belgium, apparently. No. But Australia. See, I love Australia because it's just, I don't know. 52.7% of the sample had a hazardous pattern of alcohol use, according to the Audit C. Wow. Which is one of my favorite screening tools. It's not just because of all of the... Uh, and then just looking at a 10-day sample in April of 2020, about wow. 25% of the adults during the study increased alcohol consumption due to stress, anxiety, and depression. You know, it's funny because there's a, there's a bunch of stuff from uh, China, especially right where, you know, it started. Dubai. Yeah, well, there's some, some and stuff. Wuhan. Yeah, Wuhan. But I'm not sure I trust all this data, but, you know... They had some increase there as well, but I think most of the COVID-19 studies show kind of that increase in quantity and frequency. Um, and again, hazardous drinking due to that boredom, all these different things, negative coping. Um, when people are bored, you know, they want to do something, and unfortunately, they're often drinking. Right. Now, if we're looking at adolescents, which everybody kind of always thinks is the bad group, you know, with college ages is one of the peaks, of course. But the pandemic actually changed this in adolescence. And in this Canadian study, they showed that there was actually a decrease in binge drinking, just more frequent drinking. So mm. in my head, I'm trying to decide which is worse. And I would think yeah. the binge drinking going down is actually a good thing, even with the alcohol use going up. But yeah. the, bad the scary thing, part. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the scary part of this was that during the pandemic, 67% of some of the adolescents said they were reported solitary drinking, which is typically what we worry about a little bit, people sitting by themselves uh, and drinking too much. But, so. then, but then they say 93% also were drinking with their parents. Yeah, so... But... A lot of them couldn't drink because it was frozen. I guess... In, <laughs> alcohol doesn't freeze. That's why they're drinking the bottles, not uh, the cans. Well, I guess um, I lost on that one. Go ahead. But, you know, interestingly, you know, if a, a larger majority were drinking with their parents rather than their peers... Again, the less binge drinking, more just drinking with the parents. But it also had the benefit of less cannabis and vaping. Yeah, it's funny. And I haven't seen any other data on cannabis because we're looking at opioids and alcohol, alcohol in the next two episodes. But we may have to look at that. But they, t they talked about cannabis being a little lower. You know, I'm just seeing this face-to-face -face thing in here, which I'm not going to talk about. But it'd be interesting to see if there was a study on people who drank and had drinking parties via Zoom. Well, I saw some stuff about that and how that was a bit concerning as well, where people would sit with their screen and drink with their friends and play drinking games. So Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go to this last little data thing. Yeah. The I mean, immune system. We just thought we'd talk a little bit about this. It's a double-edged sword because, oh, we're at 22 minutes. We got to try and hurry. Right. Um, we don't want this to be too long. But, you know, one of the things that you think about is, yeah, people are drinking more. And we've got this horrible infection going on. And when people drink too much, then their immune system's not as good. And whoa, we're going off the rails. So increase of 40 grams of alcohol per day. What is that? Two and a half. That's Almost three drinks a day yeah. of like a normal serving size. Increases the rate of illness through infections, including HIV, tuberculosis, pneumonia, 
Yeah, all of those things. And all things that are really, that are germs that are resistant. So. Yeah. And really, if you look at chronic alcohol use, abuse, it kind of doubles the risks of the whole respiratory infection problem. So, so that's clearly not a good dist- thing in COVID. Yeah. And respiratory distress syndrome. So nobody likes that. You know, and then all of these immune factors, things that we talked about in, um, not that long ago when we talked about opioids and the chronic, or no. Yeah, chronic just prescribed opioids in people and the decreased mm-hmm. immune system. Same kind of thing the alcohol cause. So uh, low T lymphocytes, a lot of a lot of favoring of the pro-inflammatory stuff, less killer cells, all this stuff. So yeah, it's not good. Right. I think the biggest thing is that damage to the respiratory ciliated cells. So that's the whole respiratory thing. So. Yeah. I don't know. We already talked about a lot of these things, but it also impacts, of course hippocampus, memory-related things. So maybe you just don't remember you're in COVID. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember <laughs> anything, actually. But yeah, it's. I mean, I think we can never discount the effect this has on people's psychological well-being as well. One of those so vicious... It's a vicious cycle. Cycle. Yeah, that kind of that interconnection between alcohol and depression. And I mean, it, it's just all these things can play a part. So, so I think that's about it. We would just want to talk a little bit about how alcohol and COVID have intersected. And boy, it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, definitely something to keep in mind, both for yourself, your loved ones, just understanding that, you know, it, it is an understandable coping mechanism, but that there is definitely risk involved. Yeah, and I think we should remind people that we do have two echoes again starting after uh, Thanksgiving. We have one on Tuesdays that's through Stratus Health. And also our regular one on Wednesday. So please reach out to us for information on our email. Email the Addiction Connection Podcast at Gmail. Thank you. All right, thank you.
lot of glory.